Genesis chapter 3, very familiar scripture tonight. Uh, you ought to know it very well. It's in the third, uh, third uh, chapter of the book of Genesis, so most of us get through that on our daily Bible reading, uh, generally at least by the third day of January. When everybody has determined to read their Bible through in the year, if you just read one chapter a day, then you would have made it to this chapter right here. Uh, I'm not poking, I am poking fun, uh, but I'm just not poking fun at you. I'm poking fun at all of us because I understand uh, sometimes it's a little tough at times. And uh, so let's look in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, let me say this, talking about daily Bible reading, you have to set out with the mindset that I'm going to read my Bible today. Uh, you just, yeah, Brother Mark, you just got to do it. You just got to read your Bible. That's it. And uh, so you got to make time to do that. Genesis 3, look in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle uh, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to be uh, pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, uh, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, uh, and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves aprons. You can be seated tonight. Lord, would you help us preach now? We'll give you the glory for it all. I save somebody that's lost, help the one that has a need. And I, I pray you touch it and on us afresh tonight. And that with the unction from the Holy One. And we thank you again for holding us fast. We're not holding to you, but you're holding to us. And I thank you for that tonight. Help this message tonight and do a work that I cannot do with it. For all this in Jesus' name we do ask and pray. Amen. Uh, I want to preach tonight on a thought of uh, be careful uh, who you listen to. Uh, be careful who you listen to or a conversation uh, with the devil, however you want to term that tonight. But we find right here that that Eve has started a conversation, or he has actually started a conversation, uh, and that with her. Now I want you to understand tonight that uh, any time uh, that you hear Satan, and let, let me say this, that uh, sometimes he's a little hard to discern, and I'll explain that as I go tonight, but when you figure out that it's him doing the talking, you need to keep one thing in mind, that he is a liar. Uh, John chapter 8 said, You have your father the devil, unless you fathers I, how you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and a bold not in truth, because there's no truth in him. Uh, when he, he said, Because there's no truth in him, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh not of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Uh, he's never uttered the truth, he's never told the truth. Uh, uh, and so tonight, the greatest thing that men you can ever do uh, is not carry on a conversation with the devil. Let me tell you tonight that uh, who you need to listen to uh, uh, is the Lord uh, and His Word. Uh, what was it in Psalms chapter 119? Uh, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light uh, unto my path. He will guide us uh, 
uh, in the direction that we need to go. Uh, uh, listen, it is by the Word of God uh, uh, that we got saved. It is by the Word of God that we are kept. Uh, uh, it is by the Word of God that we're led and that we're fed. Uh, uh, what was it in Romans chapter 10 uh, and verse 17? So then faith cometh by hearing uh, and hearing uh, by the Word of God. And so we need the Word of God uh, uh, in our life tonight. And if you know the truth, uh, uh, then you will know the voice uh, of untruth tonight. But it's a little hard sometimes if you don't know the truth to know the voice of untruth. Over and again, over and over and again and again in the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets, uh, uh, they said one thing, hear ye uh, uh, the Word of the Lord. That's what God wanted them to hear. I want you to understand something that uh, we can be led astray through a conversation of the devil. We can be led astray uh, if you're not careful uh, who you pay attention to. Uh, you can be led astray by doctrine that is false. Uh, you can be led astray in that uh, uh, by somebody. And, and let me say this tonight, uh, uh, that, that Satan... Uh, uh, is after you uh, and he wants to destroy you. I don't think that's a, something that I've not ever told you before. He is after you and he'll do that by starting a conversation with you. Now let me say tonight real quick that me and you can't handle him. We can't handle him on our own. Michael the archangel in Jude chapter 1 and verse 9. Uh, yet Michael the archangel when contending with the devil, uh, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring, a red, does not bring against him a railing accusation, uh, but said, The Lord, I rebuke thee. Now I'm glad tonight, greater is he that's within you uh, and he that's within me uh, than he that's in the world tonight. Now the Lord Jesus knows how to handle him and we'll see that. Uh, here in just a little bit. Now I want you to understand that Satan is going to try to carry on a conversation uh, uh, with you to get you to believe a lie and to get you to follow him uh, and to get you to mess up and mess your family up. That's what he's going to do tonight. And he speaks in some crazy ways sometimes. Uh, you find that with Joseph, I thought about Joseph in Genesis 39, and it came to pass. You know, Potiphar's wife was after Joseph. And, and Joseph knew how to serve God. He wanted to be faithful to God, but it said this, and it came to pass as she spake to Joseph uh, uh, day by day that he hearkened uh, not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. First of all, she done it day by day. It was an everyday thing that Joseph had to deal with. Sometimes the battles and the conversations and, and Satan hollering at us and trying to mess with our mind and all these things, it seems like a day-by-day -day thing. But notice it said that he hearkened not unto her. He would not listen to what was being said. I want to look at three people tonight that carried on a conversation with the devil and two of them did not turn out well. Notice right here in the text verse, you find out that Eve carried on a conversation with the devil. I don't think that there is an argument here that it was him. I, I, we understand that, that he is the serpent uh, uh, over here. And notice that the first thing that happened, uh, uh, it said that, uh, that he was more subtle than any beast. In other words, he was sly uh, and slick. And notice it said right here, and he said, 
I want you to understand that, uh, that the devil started the conversation. Uh, he brought in the idea. He uh, started and opened the dialogue. If you let me say, and let me say this: if you go looking for a conversation uh, with Satan, you're setting yourself up for failure tonight. I don't think anybody in here would do that. But notice what he said next. Uh, and he said unto the woman, uh, "Yea, uh, hath God said." Now let me say this tonight. I'm probably not going to tell y'all anything y'all don't know or heard me say before. But notice the very first thing that when he said in the conversation is he wanted her to doubt what God had said. When he comes in the conversation to you, you know what makes you doubt what God says? Satan has jumped up on your shoulder uh, uh, and he is beginning to mess with your flesh uh, and mess with your mind and wanting you to doubt what God said. Anytime somebody or something wants me to doubt what the Bible says, I know that ain't of God. Amen. I know that's of the devil tonight. Hey, listen, that's what he's been trying to argue with and argue about since the very beginning of time. Did God really say and did God mean what he said? Yes, he did. And you need to understand that tonight. He wants me and you to question God's word tonight. He wants us to question. You know, he wants people, you know, he's telling people all the time that you don't have to get saved like the Bible says. He's telling people all the time, telling Sapho, you don't have to live like the Bible says. You don't have to do none of those things. You know, it's just an old and an out-of-date book. It's antiquated. Listen, it don't mean anything. It's just a good book. I have to live by good morals and all that tonight. But know this is the precious way in that to heaven, the precious way to have peace and joy in our life tonight. And that to know that we're saved is in this book. Amen. And that is what he wants you to doubt tonight. Did God really mean what he said he meant? Now notice what she said. And here's where she got just in a little trouble because she started to talk back. Did God really say, Yeah, if God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Go back up in chapter 2 and look in verse 16. And the Lord God commanded a man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt, not, thou shalt surely die. So notice what he said. The question, yea, if God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That's right. He said you can eat of every tree except one tree. And that's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So here's what she said. And the woman said in verse 2 of chapter 3, Under the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now I don't know where this touching part come in at. I don't know if Adam added that, uh, what happened right there. Adam may have told her, I, I said, you know, don't eat of it. As a matter of fact, just don't even go over and touch it. Amen. I don't know. I don't know how it got there, but there it is. You know, you moms and dads tell your children that sometimes. You know, don't go around that. Don't even look at it. As a matter of fact, just don't even touch it, and you'll stay out of trouble. Amen. I don't know, but I know this, that she knew what God said, because right here she repeated it. 
But then I want you to look at what the serpent said. Now notice what he said. First of all, he planted a seed of doubt in her mind about what God... She's carrying on a conversation with the devil. That's what she's doing. And and she's telling him what God had said. And said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And then in verse 4, and the serpent said to the woman, ye shall not surely die. Chapter 2, verse 17 said, For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So he lied, didn't he? First of all, he plants a seed of doubt, and then he lies. One thing that I told you at the very beginning of this thing is when he talks, you need to realize that he's lying. He lies all the time. He is wanting to snatch away uh, uh, and that the word of God from your heart and deceive you and get you to believe that you can do uh, what you want to do. He wants to take the word of God from men and women's boys and girls' heart today. Matthew chapter 13, you read the parable of the sower. And the Bible talks about that there, there was a man that went out to sow uh, and, and he sowed uh, uh, seed. And, and the Bible tells us he sowed in four places. That, he, uh, that it sowed by the wayside, that it sowed on thorny ground, that it sowed on rocky ground, and that some sowed on good ground. But the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13 uh, that when that, that was sowed by the wayside, uh, that, that the, the fowls of the air come by and snatched it away. And so you come down to verse 19 of the same chapter and Jesus tells him what the meaning of that is. And he says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Uh, That is he uh, which receives seed by the wayside. You know, the very first thing the devil wants to do is that uh, when the word of God gets in a a man, woman, boy, or a girl's heart, uh, and especially about salvation, uh, uh, and and maybe they just don't understand that thing just enough, uh, he'll come and snatch it away if he can. You've heard me say this a thousand times, I guess, over 20 years, and and I try to be very careful about this, especially if I think somebody in here is lost or God is dealing with somebody uh, if we're not careful, I'll, I'll, we'll sing great. Uh, God will come by in the preaching uh, uh, and we'll leave out of here and we'll get out there on the front porch and we'll start talking about sports or hunting and fishing. Uh, we'll start talking about other things. And none of those things are wrong to talk about. Don't misunderstand me. But, but as soon as we can get out the door out there uh, and, and, and then the devil, if we start talking to somebody else that maybe God is dealing with, uh, it'll snatch that away out of their heart. And that's what he does. And so, you know, you go on to read about that and you'll find that the thorns choked out the word. The, the, that, that was sown on, on stony ground, when, 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 when it took root, it bared for a little while, but boy, once the sun came out and once the persecution was put on and all that, it dried up. That's what Satan is carrying on the conversation with right here is the very first thing that he is getting her to do is to doubt the word of God. But now he's trying to get her to go down a different path that is against God. He's got a lot of people sitting in church tonight deceived about what the book says. Some people are sitting on pews lost as a termite in a yo-yo tonight. They're confused as a termite in a yo-yo. 
and, and, and they just don't know. They're unsure. And I understand some of that tonight. I, I mean, I understand how that happens. And uh, listen, tonight, you've got to understand that if you'll just believe the Word of God, you just got to put your faith in it tonight and trust it. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God tonight. You got saved because uh, the preacher or the teacher or your mom and daddy, somebody told you the Word of God tonight. And that's how you got saved. But notice right here, he's wanting her to doubt the word of God. Then he lies to her about the word of God. Ye shall not surely die. And then he makes an appeal uh, and that to her flesh. Notice what he said. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. First of all, he makes her doubt the word of God. Then he lies to her about what's going to happen. And then the third thing is, he says, God's not telling you the whole story. You know, we got people today always looking for a deeper meaning in something else. They're always looking for some kind of light or some kind of understanding, a deeper Hey, listen, read the Bible. Let God open it for you and you can find your deeper meaning tonight. Amen. But they're always looking for some kind of light in some other place. And notice right here, for God doth know, Eve, he's holding out on you. Because God knows the day that you eat of that tree, your eyes will be open, you'll know good and evil, and you'll be just like God's. Yeah, you reckon Eve thought that. I know something happened right here with her because then the Bible said in verse 6 and the woman saw. Now, she's looking now. Adam should have just told her, don't, don't, don't eat of the tree, don't touch the tree. As a matter of fact, don't even look at the tree. <laughs> Amen. But he didn't tell her that. You know, there's some things it's good for you not to look at. You look at it, you'll begin to lust after it. And it's just a good thing for you not to look at it. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Well, the damage is done, ain't it? She listened, didn't she? She bought in to what the devil was telling her. I mean, it's, it's just like, uh, it's just like when, when you tell your children uh, uh, not to do something, you've warned them, uh, uh, you've encouraged them not to do it, you've admonished them not to do it, uh, uh, you've told them, don't go that direction, you're going to get in trouble. I mean, that's what the Lord said over here. Don't eat of the tree, because in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. He warned them, he told them. But what she done is she got to believe in what the devil was telling her. Uh, and, and the three things that she bought into uh, uh, was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. She saw that it was what? Good for food. Lust of the flesh. It was good for food. And then she said that it was pleasant to the eyes. It was good to look at, wasn't it? Lust of the eyes. And then it was able to make one wise. The pride of life. 
You know, the three things that little John tells us over there, that he's not of the Lord, that it is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, that is all of the world and not of the Lord tonight. And so the Bible said right here that she took the fruit thereof and did eat. So she bought into the whole thing, hook, line, and sinker, didn't she? And now she's in trouble. Now, I always found this very interesting that the Bible said right here that she did eat and gave unto her husband uh, or gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. I mean, the first time I ever seen that. What that's making reference to. You know, the Bible said, oh, was it in the book of uh, 1 Timothy over there in chapter 2 that I, for Adam was first formed than Eve and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. What's that mean? When Adam took of that fruit that Eve was holding in her hand, he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. He, he took of that and he ate of it. I'll never forget Brother Mitchell Jones said one time as he was preaching, I can remember this as plain as day, that when Eve come up there, she had to look different than what she did before. I never thought of it until I heard him preach that. What do you mean she had to look different? Sin had not entered her body. She was living in a perfect body. And you're going to tell me now that she's took sin in to her body and she ain't looking different? I guarantee she was probably looking different. And Adam's looking at her and he knows something's different. But you know what? He partakes of that fruit anyway because of that of her. I have no doubt that he partook of that fruit because of her. What do you mean? 1 Corinthians 15. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. You must back up a few verses. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. What are you talking about, preacher? Adam, Adam done it to save his wife. I think Adam done it. He partook of it because it was her. Do you realize why, do you realize why Jesus came? He was the second Adam, the last Adam, whatever you want to call him. Our friend, he came knowing what he was going to do when he came. And he done it for his wife tonight. You realize that is the, the relationship that Jesus has with the church as in with husband and with wife. She listened to the devil and be honest with you, it got her killed. It brought in a whole lot of mess. That, I mean, cursed the earth and, and I, I understand all that. But I, I'm just going to tell you at the end of it all, death came. Take your Bible and go to the book of Acts chapter 5. Talking about three, three different people who carried on a conversation with the devil and it got them in trouble. Acts chapter 5, look in verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphire, his wife, sold a possession. And kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Was it remained? Was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? 
Thus not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in and Peter answered unto her, Tell, tell me whether you sold the land uh, for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Let me stop right here and say something real quick. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? She knows that she's caught. She knows that Peter knows. And now uh, she finds out that her husband's dead. And within just, uh, just a split second, she's fixing to leave out here. I don't know if she grasped all that right away. I don't know. The Bible said in verse 10, then fell, then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard uh, these things. Somewhere along the line in this chapter, uh, Ananias and obviously Sapphira too began to carry on a conversation with the devil. Now, these things are not spoke audibly most of the time. Uh, they work in our mind. And you have to understand that. And you say, well, uh, you're talking with yourself. And, and there's a lot of spiritual things I don't understand. I, I don't understand the devil. I don't understand how that works. I do understand how God works on my heart and how he talks to me and how he deals with me. I, and I understand that Satan uh, does not have the power that God has. I understand he's not omniscient. He's not everywhere. He's not all powerful. And he don't know all things. Amen. Only God does that. You know, we give the devil credit uh, sometimes for things uh, that he don't have the power to do. I understand that. But I also know from reading in this Bible right here that he is able to carry on a conversation with us if we allow it. And somewhere along the line right here, Ananias began to carry on a conversation. What's going on right here in the book of Acts uh, uh, is, is those disciples uh, and those that are followers of Christ, some of them uh, are beginning to sell what they have. Uh, uh, they're beginning to uh, live together, if, if, if I could put it that way, uh, uh, and, and, and just live uh, uh, as, 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 a, as a community. Let me put it like that. Uh, they begin to live as a community uh, and that together, and they were taking care of uh, what needed to be took care of. As a matter of fact, that's what even, I believe, even Barnabas done the same thing. But notice right here, the Bible said they sold a possession. That possession, as we find out later on in the scripture, is land. There was nothing wrong with selling the land. That was not the problem. There was nothing wrong with Ananias and Sapphira keeping some of the money. I believe they could have kept all the money. As a matter of fact, I don't think they had to sell the property. How do you know that, preacher? I notice right here in verse 4, I notice what Peter told him. Why does it remain? Was it not thine own? You know, why you owned it? Was it not yours? Could you not done with it what you wanted to do? Nobody twisted your arm. Nobody made you. And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? You could have done with it what you wanted to do. You could have gave as much or as little do you realize what they done right here? What they conceived to do in their heart 
with Satan talking to them, is what they said was, we're going to sell the property for so much. We're going to keep back part of the money, but we're going to tell the disciples, we're going to tell the Lord that this is what we sold it for. But we're going to keep part of the money back for us. The problem was not selling the property. The problem was not uh, keeping part of the money. The problem was is that they just simply lied about it. Look in verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You, you, get, you get to talking to the devil, he'll start talking you into doing wrong. He'll get you doubting God's word. That's what happened uh, over here in Genesis chapter 3. And here he began to commune with them. Uh, and the next thing you know, he's got them talked into doing some things that are wrong. You get to talking to him, friend, he'll get you headed in the wrong direction. You get to listening to him, he'll get you headed uh, in the wrong direction. They sold the property, Satan entered the scene, uh, and the next thing you know, they're lying uh, about what's going on. Can I tell you that any time, listen to me now, that any time, and I want to show you something, I wanted to make sure that I said this. And so if you can see right here on my outline, I've got it bold printed in italic letters and underlined so that I'd make sure to say it. Because if you don't get anything else tonight, I want you to understand this. Anytime you lie, it will find you out. Every time. It's going to sneak up on you. You may get away with it for a while, but everywhere in this Bible that somebody lies, it catches up with them. Somebody said one time, and I've held on to this truth for sure, is you do not ever have to prop up the truth. You don't have to prop it up. It, it'll stand on its own. You don't have to prop it up. So they begin to talk. And listen, I want you to understand something tonight. It may not be lying that Satan's trying to get you to do. It may be something else. It may be some other kind of sin that, that, that he'll tell you nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever find out. One, you already know. And two, God knows. And I'll guarantee you it'll come out eventually. So notice what happened. By the time it happened, Peter already knew. God had already revealed that. And so he said, Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. And as a matter of fact, you'll find over here that, that it was not only the Holy Ghost that, that Peter said that, that they lied to, but in verse 4 that said that they lied to God. And so you find, you find that the Holy Spirit is God. You find the Trinity is the truth here. But notice what happened. Death came for Ananias and it got him because he lied, because he followed what Satan had put in his heart to do. And if you notice, he even gave Sapphira a chance to correct what was going on. You know something? If you get an opportunity to correct what's going on, you better take it. I'm being honest tonight. You better take it. Sapphira had the opportunity uh, to fix the problem. In verse 8, said, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yea, for so much. 
Then too late now. He said, you've agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord. Behold, feed them which have buried thy husband right at the door and shall carry thee out. She fell down. And then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. But notice what it said. And great fear came upon all the church, upon as many as heard these things. Can I tell you tonight, when we hear those stories, uh, it ought to make us fear. It ought to make us want to not talk to the devil. It ought to make us want to keep a clean mind, a pure mind, a holy mind, a good heart. I tell the Lord all the time, Lord, just help my heart to be right with you and holy with you and, uh, and, and just good and clean. I want a good, clean mind. It would do, it, it would do a lot of people in church and probably in here too if, if you would just be very careful what you listen to and what you watch and where you go and who you're around uh, because it will just keep you in a cleaner mind. But death came. Death came for Adam and Eve, and death came for Ananias and Sapphira. Take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 4. The only man that ever talked to the devil and won. You find these stories in Matthew chapter 4, and I believe Mark chapter 1, and Luke chapter uh, 4, you'll, you'll find this same story. The book of Mark just gives us about two verses on it, and that's all it says. It tells us basically the same thing, the synopsis, just real quick. But look in Matthew chapter 4 and look in verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit uh, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made mad. Let me stop right here and say, notice who started the conversation. Well, Satan did. The tempter did. You say, why do you think that's such a big deal, preacher? Because I'm sure not going out there to look to talk to him. But he is looking to talk to you. I'll guarantee you that tonight. He said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and set him upon a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, uh, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, uh, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, uh, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. If you go to the book of Luke, uh, you'll find out that Satan knew those were his kingdoms and he had the right to give them to who he would. And Jesus never argued with him. But look in verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. book of Luke says that the devil left him for a season. Again, the devil started the conversation, and if you notice right here, the very first thing that he done was appeal to his flesh. He knew that, he knew that Jesus was hungry, and the very first thing that he done was said, Take these stones, and make them As a matter of fact, he said, if thou be the Son of God. Where do we always go there? Matthew chapter 3, the prior chapter, Jesus is being baptized of John. And, and what does heaven say? This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Satan begins to 
question. He's always got questions, don't he? Think about it for just a second. How do you th- what did he say to Eve? Yea, hath God said? How do you think he got Ananias and Sapphire to do what they were doing? I guarantee he began to whittle in and, and plant questions and seeds of doubt and, uh, and say, do you think they really need all this? I mean, does, does, am I the only one that he works on that way? I try not to carry on. As a matter of fact, if I see that he's trying to talk to me, I begin to talk to the Lord. And I say, Lord, I'm not talking to him. You need to talk to him. I'm not getting in this conversation. Used to, I wanted to talk to him, and I learned my lesson about that. He began to appeal to his flesh because he knew Jesus was hungry. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible tells us at one point, I believe it was, even in those 40 days and 40 nights, he was tempted even in that time. But now he is at his weakest point in his humanity and he's hungry. Would you not doubt that if me and you had went for 40 days and 40 nights that we would be hungry? Your flesh is going to get hungry, trust me. Furthest I've ever went fasting uh, because the doctor made me. Now, let me rephrase this. Furthest I've ever went fasting, and I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not bragging, uh, just in, in fasting over spiritual matters what was probably about two days, maybe a little over two days. I think I had to fast one time for about two and a half to three days, give or take a little bit either way, when I had my colon surgery. And, and that was, you know, I, I, I had to start, I see, I had to, uh, I think I had that done on a Wednesday, and, and I had to have a test run on, on Tuesday, and I had to fast on Monday for that test. And, you know, you get done with that test, and they, they said, you can go eat now. I said, no, I can't go eat. i got to have surgery in the morning. I wished I could go eat because I was hungry. Amen. But Jesus was no doubt hungry. He's fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan says, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. You know, he could have. He could have. But you notice how he answered Satan. He said, It is written. Went to the book of Deuteronomy over there. He said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, that's a good thing for me and you to know tonight, ain't it? Is to live by what God says. He, he, he attempted uh, uh, and that to use the scripture against him. Notice in verse 6, after he said that it is written, Jesus did, uh, uh, what Satan done. Uh, uh, he took him up to the pinnacle of the temple uh, and said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. So Satan uses the Bible. That's why it's so important for you to know the scripture. Because he will rest and trust scripture against you. And so he attempted to do this. And he shall give, char- the, uh, give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up. Uh, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. You need to go over and read that. And find the text in the context and see exactly what he's talking about. But he sure wasn't talking about Jesus jumping off the pinnacle of the temple. And God catching him and holding him up. Notice what he said. It is written again. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So then he approaches the Lord one more time to the earthly side of worship. And he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee 
if that will fall down and worship me. He said, I'll give you all of this if you'll just worship me. The thing about it is, I, I, don't, I don't understand Satan's thinking right there but because I know what the book of Colossians says, that, that all things were created by him and for him. And without, and, and without him, there was nothing created. Do you, know what, do you understand what I'm talking about tonight? Yes, Satan has power now. Yes, he is the prince and the power of the air. But the Lord Jesus Christ knew exactly, knew exactly who he was and who Satan was. And he knows what's going to happen at the end of all this thing. So he said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Three times when the Lord Jesus had to deal with Satan, he used the scripture. So we go back to what I started with in Psalms 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Let me tell you this now. If you find yourself in a conversation with the devil, five things. He's lying. He will twist and rest the scripture on you. He wants you to fail. You need to remember God's word is right. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our only hope and our help to get through that tonight. Let's bow our heads if we would across the house.